Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, June 4th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games, Blessing, Adioye, Junior. Greg, can you believe we're a week away from E3? It's already started, ladies and gentlemen. Pre-3 is here. We are in the throes of it. We can't get away from it. But yes, one week from now, I will already be down in LA. I will be on... This show, actually, no, the, the one week from the, for Thursday and Friday, not much going on for me, but I will be there. I will be there ready to work. Blessing. How are you feeling? This is your I use it loosely, obviously, and it's different, but your first E3 in the business, right? Like this being your full time job. How excited are you for next week? I'm super excited. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous how excited I am for this E3. And I think it's been mainly the buildup of not having an, an official E3 last year. Us yeah. having like the summer game fest and it being kind of all over the place in terms of announcements and events and all this stuff. Even though this E3 isn't a fiscal E3 that we're going to, I still feel the the hype of E3. I think that's kind of just been missing out of my life in the last couple of years. Uh, and so I'm super hyped for it. And like, is it even though I'm sure by next year or maybe who knows like when we actually get back into going to LA. I assume next year, but who knows. Uh, I'm sure by that point, it'll still be an entirely different feeling of, okay, fuck, mm-hmm. I'm going to actually cover E3. I'm going to go to uh, behind the behind closed doors previews and play sure. games and all this shit. You know, like, it doesn't seem like we're going to have as much of that this year. Regardless, I'm super excited. I feel like E3 is back. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. We can't wait to be part of it. Of course, I'm hosting the E3 uh, live show alongside Jackie and Golden Boy. You can catch all of that on the official E3 channels uh, next week, Saturday through Tuesday. But more importantly, because guess what? That check's already cleared. It hasn't. Uh, but more importantly, remember, Kind of Funny is reacting to everything. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. You can watch all the live reactions, get the post-show analysis, all of that. You might say, Greg, I'll miss you on those reactions. No, you won't, motherfucker. Part of the contract I drafted with E3 because they're suckers was that I get to host their thing, then run from the set to react with my friends on Discord, then run back and host their show. So, <laughs> you thought you could get away from me. I'm on two different E3 channels doing shit. Let me know. Blink twice if you can't answer this question. But is there anything that you're most excited about for E3? Like any event oh, yeah. or any moment? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't answer. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Oh, you can't say like, it. Okay. It's that thing right now where it's like, you know, this is the week where I got the Infinity Gauntlet. And I started dropping the stones in it of getting the scripts, getting the rundowns, seeing and out, seeing things in there that haven't been announced that you don't know are fucking coming. I was like, oh, this is going to be a show. This is going to be a yeah. show. That's why, I mean, you know, it's E3 with the hype and the stuff. It's E3, as we'll talk about today with the leaks. But it is, it's E3. You know what I mean? We've been starving last year. We were starving for it. This year, there is an actual E3 coming, and it's going to be very, very exciting. We are excited to be a part of it. Me in particular, since you can't get away from me, even if you try. <laughs> 
But enough about that. Let's talk about some pre-E3 leaks, such as Marvel's XCOM, the fact that Deep Silver has no real plans for E3, and that Injustice had a stumble. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kinda Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in to be part of the show with your questions, comments, concerns, squad up requests, and everything under the daily video game news sun. Of course, over on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can get the show ad for you. You can get it with the exclusive post show. You can get a number of exclusive shows like the Kind of Funny Next Gen podcast, like the Q&As we put up each and every month. I need to put up part two, recorded it yesterday. It's all set to go. I just got to publish it. However, if you have no bucks tossed our way on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, no big deal. You can watch the show for free on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames live as we record it, just like uh, I was going to say Nightbot is, but that's not a person. Bear King 08, <laughs> Frankfurter, Royal Martin R. I also saw, yeah, Frog Knight Joshy G, who earlier in the live chat said this will be his first E3 uh, watching with Kind of Funny. So there you go. Thank you for being oh, a Kind wow. of Funny best friend. Welcome. I don't, I, I, I'm sure. I don't know if it's, it works for you the same way, Blessing, since you know, mm-hmm. you're know you newer here and you were a fan before of Kind of Funny before we hired you. But it still boggles my mind that there are new people joining Kind of Funny every day. Like, and it, oh, it's not, yeah. not that I think we're stagnant, but it's just the idea that I, I just assume everybody's watching is listening since beyond and knows everything. And then to see well, people it, who are just joining us is awesome. It's hit for me in two levels this last year where there are people that have been like, oh, yeah, I've not known kind of funny in a studio. That's a thing that yeah. I've st- I still see whenever people post screens of us in the studio and all that stuff. People are like, oh, shit. Yeah, like you guys are all together and are going to come back together at some point in the future, hopefully. Uh, there's that. And then there's also like people who have hit me up and have not known a kind of funny without me, which is a thing that's also blown my mind that yeah. like people associate me. It's just kind of funny and don't know that I or just not might not have listened to kind of funny before a year and a half ago which is which are both like really cool things it's outrageous yeah and we love you guys so much we love making content for you and let me tell you if you thought we had a cool studio before you ain't seen nothing yet still a ways out still a ways out <laughs> still a ways out but you, you ain't seen nothing yet uh if you aren't watching on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games of course you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe no matter where you get the show how you get the show thank you for your support we couldn't do it without you and we are so excited to celebrate e3 with you next week some housekeeping for you right now blessing and tim have a mario golf super rush preview up as a first impression over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games it went up yesterday i missed it but i watched it while i ate my lunch great job blessing can't wait for this game yeah I'm so excited for it. If you haven't checked that out, definitely go check out that first impressions. Uh, they showed off some of the adventure mode. They showed off speed golf, and I, I'm I'm super excited for it. It looks like it's it's gonna be even bigger and better than Mario Tennis Aces, and I really enjoyed Mario Tennis Aces, but I felt like it was lacking a bit in the adventure mode. What they sure. showed off during our preview had me uh, even more excited. Like I, you can basically take your me, level it up like an RPG, talk to NPCs, all the good stuff that you want out of an RPG. Did I mean I'm excited. all that rhyme? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm just gonna beat you without mercy. I saw you on there talking. You, you didn't even so? play you didn't play Mario Golf 3DS. Get out of here. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know what I, I mean? I played Mario Golf on the N64 though. And I'm no, seasoned on the N64. You forgot. All right, so, what about did you play any what'd you play on GameCube? You play over there? 
No, I didn't play on Game Toadstool Tour. You know what the fuck you're talking about. I played, uh, I played the Wii Golf from Wii Sports. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then you're pretty good at this, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's Friday, June 4th, which means one thing. There's a brand new Conjuring movie out. Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It is out now, and that means we're bringing back Conjuring in review today. It will be me, Nick, Tim, and James and Elise Willems joining us from Funhouse. Of course, we are watching the movie right after we record this show, uh, and then we will be doing the Conjuring in review in the afternoon. It will post as soon as possible to youtube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe under the in review banner so get ready this weekend for that thank you to our patreon producers uh donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by doordash and magic spoon but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the roper report Baker's dozen. I saw that I was flickering, Kevin, because I'm. I did. I knew. I've been getting this weird overhead light, so I was, I've been playing with the dimmer switch, Kev, and then playing with my Elgato lights a bit. Does it look good or does it not look good, Kevin? You got a you got a light flicker. Turn your, if you want. Turn it's the your, monitor. Remember the stupid monitor no, does yeah, it or whatever hurts that fucks with the camera. We've talked about that. Yeah, before. they don't match. We got to mm-hmm. set it in an interval of sixty hertz, and uh, I think it's yeah. set to one forty four. You can open it up and switch it to 120. This is the camera or this is the monitor? The the monitor. No, we're not going to do that right now. Yeah, I didn't think think we were. (laughs) Number one on the Roper Report. Are we about to get a Marvel XCOM game and a bunch of other things? We go to Andy Robinson over at VGC. Publisher 2K is reportedly set to announce several games, including a Borderlands spinoff and a Marvel strategy game from the makers of XCOM. That's according to an alleged leak I'm sorry, an alleged leaked game list first posted on Reddit, verified by journalists, a Bloomberg journalist, come on, show some respect, Jason Schreier, and some details of which VGC's own sources can corroborate. According to the list, the Borderlands spinoff is called Wonderlands and stars mainstay character Tiny Tina. A series spinoff was first claimed to be in development by Game Reactor last month. Then, 2K parent company Take-Two confirmed shortly after that that it would publish a, quote, new Gearbox franchise before April 2022. It's also claimed that XCOM Studio for... For Axis, I don't know, I, I've said this word a, word a million times. For Axis uh, is working on a new turn based strategy game starring Marvel heroes. Last month, Take Two said the studio would reveal, quote, several exciting, new pro- several exciting projects, end quote, this year. Quote, as a result of the engagement from the past, uh, as well as the success of XCOM Chimera Squad and XCOM 2 on Switch, For Access Games had one of its best years ever, end quote, said CEO Strauss Zelnick during an earnings call. We expect this growth to continue as the studio has several exciting projects in development that will be revealed this year, end quote. Finally, the alleged leak claims that 2K will publish a new action game described as Cthulhu meets Saints Row. Uh, It's speculated that this could be Hangar 13's new IP described as an open world sci-fi title with supernatural elements. On Thursday, E3 organizer the Entertainment Software Association published new details on the 2021 schedule, which includes a Gearbox press conference on Saturday, June 12th, and a Take-Two presentation on Monday, June 14th. The all-digital E3 2021 event runs from June 12th through the 15th and will include a four-day live broadcast hosted by Alex Goldenboy Mendez, Jackie Jing, and Greg Miller, featuring publishers, showcases, uh, press conferences, and industry panels, live streams, and more. (laughs) I, you know, for that was just a flex. That was just a flex. You did I'm not sorry. need to include that last paragraph at all. 
Imagine me though reading the article today and being like, oh, I because this this kind of broke yesterday where I saw the tweets. Jason was talking to somebody, and I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's not big. I don't want to really throw it on the Roper Report, you know, if it's not like I don't want to ruin it. Not that I, I, for the record, these are not games I know about. I was talking about the schedule earlier. These are not games I know about. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it was like, oh, I don't want to put out rumors and like spoil E3 stuff if this really happens. But then today it's actually headlines on everybody's site. And I'm like, all right, well, then I think it's fair game to go out and do it. But I'm reading the thing and I'm like, uh huh. (laughs) And I see my name. I was like, ah, that's fucked up. All right. Anyways, though, blessing these Mm -hmm. leaks. Yes. If true, Mm -hmm. what do they do for you? I think this is all very exciting stuff. I don't, out of these, because uh, there are like three main things here, right? Between the Marvel XCOM game, uh, uh-huh. the Borderlands spinoff, and this Hangar 13 thing, which I'm just, I'm just uh, hearing about now, Cthulhu meets Saints Row, a, a supernatural open world game by Hangar 13. Like, yeah. out of those three announcements, I don't know which one is the most wild out, uh, uh, out here. I think the most exciting for people is going to be the Marvel XCOM game. Hell yes. Because... People love XCOM. People love Marvel. Marvel games have been doing such an excellent job in terms of partnering with developers to make sure that they're finding ways to make Marvel games that are the best fit. And so we get games like Spider-Man coming from Insomniac. We get games like Avengers coming out from Crystal Dynamics, which, you know, maybe could get a lot better down the road. Fuck you, man. We're turning the corner. (laughs) All right. It was fun to play. It didn't do the live service. We got Wakanda coming up. We got the end game costumes you're all bitching about. Regardless, we got Marvel's Ultimate Alliance 3, right? Like, yeah. we're getting really cool uh, products Again, coming one, out of Marvel games. And one of the rumors, right, uh, is the fact that this is – we're actually going to see from Square and Eidos Montreal, we're going to see this Guardians game. That's been yes. rumored forever. It looks like that's actually an E3 announcement too for them. Yeah, that's exciting. And it, I'm with mm-hmm. you that, like, first off, all of this sounds great. Obviously, I love Borderlands. I host the Borderlands show, but I've been a Borderlands fan for years before then. Love Borderlands 3. Wish they'd fix the PS5 trophies, but that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, I actually love XCOM. XCOM, I would never consider myself a strategy game fan, right? But XCOM was always that one. And I'm talking about, obviously, the more recent iterations, right, that started on PS3 when they came to consoles. Mm-hmm. Playing those, I've always adored them and loved them. I'm rarely drawn to finish them. I have a great time with them. I name, you know, I put all, you can name people in it and they die, you know, permadeath. So I name all, I put all of our, I, at the old days, all the IGN crew in there. They start dying off. I have a great time. But the idea of we're going to give you a Marvel version of that, again, it, it speaks to me in the same way we talked about Insomniac, where I think everybody knew Insomniac was a great studio, but to partner them up with a great IP really put them and that game on another level. And if you're going to do that with uh, XCOM developers here, if you're going to say, hey, hey, uh, for access, go out there and do what you do best, but do it with the X-Men, do it with the Avengers, do it with just the Marvel Universe in such a different way, I think that's going to be it's fucking so smart. insane. Yeah. It's so smart because for, uh, during the lead-up to Avengers, I think there are so many comparisons that people made one to the MCU, but then also there are quite a few comparisons to uh, uh, Marvel's ultimate Alliance, right? When you look at the type of games, those are, it's like, okay, how are you, how are you going to separate these from each other? And Avengers is very different game from ultimate Alliance, but you can tell, you can see why people would be like, do both of these need to exist in the same space with uh, the conversation that you and Tim had yesterday about guardians of the galaxy coming from Ados Montreal, the rumored game that we will probably see at E3 the conversation you guys were, ha- were having were was um what is this game going to be and how much is it going to be going to be compared to avengers yeah. because yeah. when you have a property like guardians of the galaxy which is this team right like a, a team of heroes like the avengers are coming coming from square enix and it probably maybe being a co-op game online game that's that's where my brain automatically goes to if you're making a guardians of the galaxy game uh 
you know, like you, you get into the comparisons, you get into the conversation of, are these games too similar? I think this is a very smart route of being like, cool, we got Avengers, we have maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. How do we diversify a bit? How do we as Marvel games create games that feel like they're speaking to multiple different audiences and utilizing the brand or utilizing the IP as, as best as possible between these different ways? And I think going to uh, Firaxis and making an XCOM-like Marvel game is such a smart idea. And I want to see more unique ideas like that coming out of Marvel games and, and even uh, Star Wars, because since Star Wars is starting to do the same thing now, I think that is key, figuring, figuring out a, uh, diverse ways, right, like to uh, to really represent the brand well and make different types of games that people are going to be into. 100%. You're nailing it. And if, if, if you are one of these new kind of funny fans, maybe you haven't been around for too long, I need you to know that I stand Marvel games. Like, I adore Marvel games because I think that I, I love what they have what they when I, when me and Tim went to see Avengers: Age of Ultron at the Marvel Games screening when they announced what Marvel Games was, Bill Roseman came out and explained what the label was going to be. I've been in love with them ever since. And sure, they have had misses. Avengers is the most recent big miss in terms of scale, but even like Telltale Guardians and stuff like that. But what I love the idea of Marvel Games, and I think they've hit many times. I love Ultimate Alliance. Obviously, I love Spider Man. I think the idea that, that they came out with in the way they sold it, they have lived up to, which was hey. We have seen the Marvel games that have come before where it is that, you know, you get into an exclusive partnership with somebody, you try to form your own studio, and it just doesn't work. So what we're going to do now as Marvel games, you know, whatever the Marvel games you all know right now is go out and find talented developers and work with them on projects and projects that they're passionate about that we're passionate about that they get and you see that with insomniac i think even though it wasn't a 10 out of 10 i think you see that with iron man vr that that was a cool experience for what it was trying to do on playstation vr you see that with ultimate alliance right like you see them going to people and so to see them go to xcom or and and maybe or xcom for axis maybe it was for axis coming to them however it all worked out I can't wait to see what that game is because this is so the Insomniac thing for me, especially because this is where we get into when, oh, Crystal Dynamics is doing an Avengers game. Crystal Dynamics' Tomb Raider games were amazing, so cinematic, so blah, blah, blah. And like, then you get it. It's going to be games as a service, multiplayer. Wait, what's going on? Where even with Avengers, well, again, not a 10 out of 10 campaign. Most people enjoyed the campaign, right? They were like, okay, cool. And that obviously would have been way better if it was just that's the game none of this multiplayer shit don't worry about it so if they're just going to fraxis and saying make a marvel XCOM, let's fucking go yeah and even when you talk when we talk about marvel's avengers right like you know that that game didn't pan out to be as uh uh, pan out as well as maybe they wanted it to but the kernel of the idea of hey we're marvel games let's approach crystal dynamics a studio that just put out some banger tomb raider games that i think that core of an idea still works right like that is a yeah. i think that is a good move to give them the avengers franchise of course like the game wasn't as amazing as as they wanted it to be and maybe it can get there we'll see but wakanda, i think baby wakanda might be the one wakanda might be the one that makes imran khan go ah oh, it's a good game now but yeah you know, it's okay we'll that's all that's all the prediction by the end of the year we'll see but that kernel that kernel of the idea of like hey let's partner up with these guys i think still works and yeah is still going to prove to be successful overall for Marvel games, as we've seen with Insomniac, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, and others. And so then, my question about Marvel XCOM, because I still want to talk about Wonderlands too, but my mm. question for Marvel XCOM is, and Kevin, I want you to come off the bench a little bit on this one too, what do you guys see the game being? Because I do... I, sorry? If you, if, you, if you have Spider-Man on your squad, he dies, he's done forever, he's gone. Sure. That Just makes like sense. regular X-Men. Yeah. No, I don't like think regular. it'll go that hard. I don't think it'll go that hard. Uh, More, I mean, like, 
I don't think they're gonna kill Spider-Man in this one. I don't think there's permadeath in this one for Spider-Man. Even though that'd be like the way around it would be into the Spider-Verse. So there's just unlimited (laughs) Spider-Man. So Mm -hmm. you kill whatever Spider-Man you have. Big deal. There's another Spider-Man around the coming around the bend. But more I was thinking is, you know, especially, you know, piggybacking off of yesterday's conversation with Tim about Guardians, right? Where I was like, if I'm Marvel Games and I want a diverse portfolio. And we were talking about like, is it co-op? Is it multiplayer? Is it you switch characters? Is it one character? How do you make that look different than Avengers where you're doing that kind of thing? And now with XCOM and having a, a giant roster of Marvel heroes, I would go, all right, how do we need to make this look different than Ultimate Alliance? And so I do wonder if it's going to be, is it going to be a, it's Marvel Universe, it's everybody, blah, blah, blah. Or is it going to be, it's a Fantastic Four game. It's an X-Men game. It's an Avengers game. Like, Do, do you have any predictions on that? Mm-hmm. I do think you go for a specific team, right? Like, I do think you go with X-Men you, or you go with, I like, Fantastic Four. I think those are good su- suggestions because I, as much as I love Avengers and as much as I love the overall roster of Marvel, I am with you that every game can't be, here's all of Marvel teaming up together because we've gotten that so much. And I think people people like the certain subsections of teams that are in Marvel, right? And for for an XCOM-like game, you have to have a team, right? I don't think you're going to focus on on one hero or two heroes. I think you have to have a core squad that people identify with. Uh, maybe it's defenders. You know, maybe it is Luke Cage and 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 um, uh, what's his name? Jessica Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah, Jessica Jones. That that whole squad. Because we, I don't think we've had um, like a, a a game from them recently that is that is hard focused on that squad. But it's hard for me to make really make a prediction with with just I, the setup of Marvel XCOM. I think it's going to be yeah, X Men. Because I, I think that they want to differentiate and they know people have been jonesing for... People love X-Men, obviously, and jonesing for a really great X-Men standalone game, right? Because even the X-Men that came to Ultimate Alliance, for the most part, were DLC, right? Where it's like, that's where you got Cyclops. That's where you got Magneto. Wasn't he DLC? Because we already had Wolverine in the game, but it was... Was it Gambit? For, I, don't, I don't remember. I remember there was a bunch... Uh-huh, sorry? You said for Ultimate Alliance. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Um... Yeah, I think that's what it'll be. And I think that would give you the differentiation, especially when you start, you, you want to lay all the boxes out in front of each other, right? Where Ultimate Alliance is the entire universe, Guardians is Guardians, Avengers is Avengers, X Men for this kind of thing. And I think you, you could have a nice, uh, not even a nice, a gigantic roster of characters to put in there and go. And I think it would actually, even though it's not the same at all, you'd look at it at screenshots and be like, oh man, this is giving me X Men Legends feels, like, you know, a, 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 a yeah. game we all have a soft spot for. I think you could really have some fun with that. Uh, what about Wonderlands? Does that do anything for you? Also, by the way, and you're wrong right now. Uh, I have uh, youngster Joey twenty one saying they fixed Borderlands 3's PS five trophies a month or so. Source: I got the platinum. What I need you to do is respond again, youngster Joey. And you have a number of things under your name, so nobody's going to trick me into saying this. You were not. And tell me, did you fix it in the way that you went in and it popped all the trophies you had from the PS four version, or was it those two that were like unattainable? Were you able to go back? Did you have a PS four save? These are the questions Greg Miller has to know. Because if I can pop the Borderlands Platinum right now, I am stopping this fucking show, walking over there and turning on the goddamn PlayStation Five. Wonderlands, bless. You get yeah, excited about that? Yeah, I think that's going to be cool. Uh, we recently talked on the show about the whole Gearbox strategy and how they, um, or 2K strategy, and how they talked about how they're they're going to have a new Gearbox franchise uh, by the end of the next fiscal year. And so I think this makes sense. Uh, them positioning it as a new franchise, I think, is interesting. Um, it being Tiny Tina, you know, I like Tiny Tina is a character that many people uh, many people like, and yeah, so doing Birch, a single player game, yeah. Ashley Birch, yeah, doing a single-player game based around that character, I think is a good decision. I just need to see more of it. I need to see more of what it is, because if it's just regular Borderlands, but you're playing as Tiny Tina and you're going through a campaign, 
Yeah, like, that could be fun, but you know how much how fresh is that? Like I, I like I, I need to I need to actually know what the vision is or what the what the new thing. Well, what's interesting is like you, you, I like where you're taking it. What my 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 takeaway from it you're saying like oh yeah you would be her i think she would be like the lilith character from borderlands where i don't think we would play as tiny tina i think it would be the same thing that there's four vault hunters you can grab in uh, you know you can be and then they're going to be on a mission with tiny tina they're working with her to go do something and maybe that's how you anchor it around is like she's the you know i feel like that's often the way in, in borderlands games right where we're actually not the main character like the protagonists are around us right they're doing something like crimson raiders or whatever in borderlands 3 with lilith and everything was going on and we were helping her obviously and moving on you know the plot forward and yada 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 but it wasn't so much our story as much as we were part of theirs and i wonder if that's mm-hmm. what they would do here too even though you're talking if yeah if it's going to be a spin-off and it's going to be you know a new gearbox franchise then maybe it is that yeah it is something completely different you do play as her and i don't know you're upgrading getting new weapons as you go to them positioning it as a new franchise makes me wonder like is it going to be is it going to be what you said right like four main characters it's another borderlands game essentially but kind of but just a spinoff because i wonder how much that leans into what they already have and i wonder if that gets in the way of all right like people like borderlands like are we are we muttering the water the waters a bit by having two franchises that are just borderlands which makes me wonder if they just go somewhere completely different with it mm. but We've gotten things like the pre-sequel, right? Which is a Borderlands spin-off slash prequel pre-sequel. Um, and like I think that that worked out fine for them. You know, that was a way to keep Borderlands active and not have to necessarily reinvent reinvent the wheel uh at all while putting out a new product to, to to continue to generate money so they can work on the next Borderlands game. Yeah. Uh and so like this isn't this isn't like this isn't something new for them. This isn't some this isn't a totally crazy idea for them to for them to put out another Borderlands game that is you know, coming off of Borderlands three, here's more Borderlands. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see exactly what they do with it. For you, as somebody who really liked Borderlands three, what do you want to see from a Borderlands spinoff? Are you fine with it being just more Borderlands? It's a great question. Uh, better inventory management. I think that's the one thing, or one of the main things. Borderlands three, like you know, as much Quality as they've improved stuff. it from Borderlands one, yeah, you know, obviously over the years, that's one of the things that I still think like kind of drove me crazy, especially play something like outriders or a destiny or whatever there's so many different examples of how you could do inventory management better but like it's just blindingly for that yeah it's a weird thing of i don't know because what i i'm excited for more borderlands sure and i'd be excited for more story and i like tiny tina i I, wonderlands in general would make me think it's going to be more colorful you know i mean like we're not gonna have to worry about pandora and vault keys and everything like that but i don't know what it would be yeah i i don't know what it, the idea of more borderlands content excites me but i don't know what i want from mm-hmm. it outside of what it would be like you, i don't know I, i'm thinking the, very you, small right now go ahead you mentioned the, the the little thing and it being called wonderlands and tiny tina being tiny tina makes me wonder like could it be tiny tina just telling a story and we are playing yeah. through a story like a just a batshit crazy insane story that she's sure. telling because she's that type of character I think there could be something there, right? And that kind of feeds into the idea of Wonderlands. I wonder what they actually call it, though, right? Like, do they call it Borderlands Wonderlands? Because that feels like that doesn't seem like a good name, right? Like, do you call it Tiny Tina's Tiny Tina's Wonderlands? Tiny Tina Wonderland? Like, there's I I have so many questions about how you do how you do this thing. But yeah. regardless, at the announcement of this thing, I think people will be generally excited for it, given that people just like people like Borderlands. People want to play Borderlands. Like, that's the type of game that. Uh, uh, like just has has a wider reach in terms of the people that gravitate totally. toward it. Like I have oh, friends yeah. back home that that I I wouldn't necessarily consider people who are like 
super hardcore gamers or super like in tune to the gaming space, but they absolutely adore Borderlands. Borderlands is that type of franchise. And so them putting out something that's like, hey, here's here's more or here's something similar but different, either way is going to get people excited. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I think, you know, the Borderlands uh, fan base is so huge and so ravenous that I don't know. I don't think they have to really fuck around with, the, you know, wondering if, it, you know, not calling it Borderlands will get in the way of it. Uh, the chat had pointed out that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands had been copyrighted a while back or whatever. And I, yeah. the story did leave that out, but I have seen that. I think you can do it and have it out there and be with it. And I think uh, to your point, too, like I'm thinking of it being so colorful. You're thinking of it being a story. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if it was that those kind of ideas and them expanding on what they've done with the Borderlands 3 DLCs where they like did, you know, inside the mind of Psycho Krieg or whatever, right? The, in the clusterfuck or the Fuster Cluck or whatever they called it. Uh, I had to do like 900 takes of it when I was doing the Borderlands show. Uh, but like that was one where they, you know, all, every one of the DLCs for Borderlands 3 has been very much like, cool, you have the base game and you have your Borderlands experience, but we wanted to get weird. So this is a casino heist mission. This is a Western. This is all happening inside the mind of a psycho. Like, that gave that gearbox team such liberties to experiment and get crazy with it that I think in your same uh, vein, right? If Tiny Teen is just telling you the st story, if she's narrating it like Marcus always narrates a, a Borderlands story, that could be super cool and see what that actually looks like. But is it then just the same Borderlands, uh, you know, content? Is it the same idea? It's four player. We're running through and shooting shit. Probably because that's what works and people love. But we'll have mm -hmm. to wait and see. Apparently not long. Now, where are you at with this Hangar 13 thing? Cthulhu meets Saints Row. Open world sci-fi title with supernatural elements. I, like, yeah, I almost want to pull I, in like Barry Cordy because Barry Cordy, Hangar Thirteen, they did mafia, mafia right? Yeah, yeah and Barry yeah. Cordy is like the biggest mafia fan I know. So I almost Barry Cordy, I know you were in the chat earlier. Barry Cordy, we are paging you to come here and, and hit us up with this stuff of what you'd want. But yeah, a weird. I mean, just if you're gonna take Saints Row and inter, intermix supernatural elements, right? Or you know, open world and have that kind of. I don't a hundred percent when they say. You know, Cthulhu meets Saints Row. Saints Row is so over the top. I got a dildo bat. I'm doing all this, you know, hilarious stuff, right? So is that what they mean by it? Is that where they're going for it? Or is it just an open world sci-fi title with supernatural elements? That's not mentioned in the comedy. Either way, I'm excited to see what it would be. Either way, yeah, you know, Hangar 13 is a talented studio. I want to see what they're up to. Yeah, when you when you say Saints Row, I'm I'm with you that I immediately go toward the humorous side of Saints Row because if it's open world, I feel like you would if if that if the implication is that it is open world, then I feel like you say Cthulhu meets Grand Theft Auto or Cthulhu meets right. Assassin's Creed. You know, I think you would go that direction. Saying Saints Row specifically makes me think that it is a it's going to be a um a lighthearted uh uh funny game with a lot of super like open world game with a lot of supernatural elements to it, like almost like prototype or infamous meets i guess saints row or yeah. phoenix rising or, or something like something along those lines we'll have to wait and see but yeah that one i'm excited for sure new ip let's go uh one question about all of this it'll be about the marvel stuff it comes from thunder truck who wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hey kfgd crew e3 is nearly upon us and with that being said rumors and leaks seem to be dropping as expected last night we saw the rumblings of a marvel xcom game which is interesting and we've heard for a while now that guardians is incoming with square enix if tim's prediction comes true parentheses which honestly i think might whether it's a marvel marvel fighting game or marvel versus dc maybe if you missed the games cast tim predicted that nether realm is working on uh marvel versus dc as a fighting game to come uh, they'll come out because of course ed boone's teases and stuff like that back to the question though will it be too much marvel content at one time for consumers or is this the perfect strategy to appeal to marvel fans across different genres that might not like avengers or the traditional action slash adventure 
adventure games like Spider-Man. Thank you for the amazing content, Thunder Truck. Blessing, are we about to burn out on Marvel content? I don't think so because I think this is this is the strategy that would keep us from burning out because I don't I don't think Marvel does this with uh with the idea in mind that every Marvel fan is going to play every single one of these games. Insomniac putting out Marvel Spider-Man and it being a PlayStation exclusive, I think kind of says that, right? Like if if you're uh, a player that likes to play on Xbox or if you're a PC gamer, right? Like you're not going to have access to that game. But if you have a Switch, you might have access to Marvel's Ultimate Alliance. Or if you have an Xbox, you might have access to uh, this Firaxis game, right? Like I think yeah. I think that is part of the strategy is having this this uh, you know wide widespread widespread amount of things that people can get into if they want to get into the franchise and speak to the audience speak to speak to different audiences in different ways to not only make games for marvel fans but potentially bring in new marvel fans uh like if you're if you're a fan of xcom and Firaxis make is making a new game that is like xcom then sure enough you're probably going to play this marvel xcom game even if sure. you're not a huge marvel person because that still speaks to you you know and, it, and i think marvel is accessible enough and an easy easy enough thing to get into that if you're not a marvel person but you're an xcom person it's still that thing of oh like i you know i'm not into superheroes but i'll still try this thing because it looks fun it looks friendly it looks like something i could get into i think i think that's more the mindset and marvel just in general is such a big brand with a bunch of brands in that brand you know and so like even if you are getting burnt out by Avengers, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're burnt out yeah. on X-Men. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're burnt out on Defenders. And so I think there's so much there's so much there to explore in Marvel that uh, I think they're able to do things like this and have it not be a big problem. Yeah, I think it, you know, falls into what kind of consumer you are. And I, of course, am generalizing. But if you're listening to the show and watching the show, you're a hardcore video game fan who tries to play a whole bunch of stuff and yada, yada, yada. I think it's always important to point out that we are not everybody. <laughs> there are so many people who play video games and play three games a year and just bought a PlayStation 4 and are excited for the library of content they have of things to get through and yada, yada, yada. I think that Marvel's idea here, and it goes back to what I'm talking about, where you know, how do you diversify your lineup? How do you make it look different? Is, a, is appealing to different audiences with different genres. Where, yes, for sure, there are Marvel fans who are like, I'm going to play every Marvel game, and they will burn out. But they're so that's the minority of people who are playing that. I think it's more likely yeah. what you're saying, Bless, of first off, people who are like, well, I love for access. I've never been that into Marvel, but if they're doing a great game that's the, like XCOM, sure. It also goes the other way, though, of like, oh, man, I love Marvel, but I'm not about RTS games. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to play some strategy game. No, thanks. And they never play it. I, I go back to me, right, where I remember like, DC Universe Online was my first MMO that I ever got lost in. And honestly, it's the only MMO I've really ever gotten lost in. Like, you know, what's 900 hours I played of it? When DC announced uh, Infinite Crisis, right? Wasn't that what they called their stupid MOBA? I remember being like, I've never given a shit about MOBAs before. And I sat down and played it. I'm like, still don't give a shit about MOBAs. It wasn't like DC made me play that and kept me in. And it's the same thing now of like, you know, when I was growing up and i mean when i'm, I'm using that loosely when I'm, you know, I'm talking about like when i'm in high school right like i was devouring every dc cartoon that would come out you know i'm watching every episode of justice league justice league unlimited yada 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 but now you jump to 38 and there are so many different dc cartoons that there's no way i could watch them all and i don't feel like i need to this is the yeah. idea of if they were all hey you know insomniac made spider-man and now guardians is the same experience and now the avengers game is the same if it was all we're doing single player story you know big triple a games even then that sounds like a pretty dope future to me but like that sounds awesome <laughs> but yeah like i think that would that wouldn't be uh 
cause more burnout than what they're doing now. Like case in point, like how many people uh, played Iron Man VR because that is an exclusive PlayStation VR game. Like even if you're a Marvel fan, I don't like I don't think you have the bandwidth to 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 play everything. And I think they understand that and know that. And I think that is a totally fine thing. Like yeah. if if a Marvel versus DC uh, uh, Realm game is announced, one thousand percent, I am playing the hell out of that game. But I also didn't play. I didn't play Marvel versus Capcom Infinite, right? Like, and that, and those are both fighting games. Like, those are both uh, uh, pitched fighting games. Uh, and it comes down to, hey, like people have different tastes. People are going to be into yeah. what they, what they're into. And I know for another realm, Marvel versus DC fighting game, Greg Miller is going to play that game, even though you're not really a big fighting game person. And keep in mind, like I, I didn't play Injustice two. Like I, I struggled through Injustice one for the story and enjoyed it, but I enjoyed Tom Taylor's comic book way more. Which expanded on it wasn't what didn't take away from it, and so then when Injustice Two came out, I turned it on and I gave it the old college try. And I'm like, I just don't like fighting games. I'm sorry, like I can't do this. But if you do a fucking Marvel versus DC fighting game, motherfucker, I'm there playing on the easiest difficulty because I got to see that through. I got to be a part of that. Uh, one more E3 story, and then I want to take our, our usual sponsor break. Number two on the Roper Report: Don't expect Deep Silver's big guns at E3 2021. Uh, Deep Silver tweeted out this morning, or maybe last night. Our parent company, Coke Media HQ, is making an announcement as part of Summer Games Fest on June 11th. To give you a heads up, you won't see Dead Island, Saints Row, Metro, or Time Splitters there (parentheses) or at any other E3 2021 event. What? We'll let you know uh, when we have news to share. It, this is that du- the dual blade of like, man, bummer, but also good on you for telling us. Yes, one thousand percent. Yeah, good on them for telling us. I will say, time splitters not surprising. That's not no. that that is uh, not going to be there. Dead Island, where the fuck is that game? <laughs> like, just uh, just just kill Dead Island too. I right, just yeah. say goodbye to Dead Island too. <gasps> Like, if you want to talk about development hell, like, that is a game that is just, at this point, like, I don't believe it exists. It's just vaporware. Uh, Saints Row, I am actually shocked that we're not going to see it. Yeah, I, that was one of my that predictions, was one of my I think, predictions. on the Gamecast, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I you? think we, yeah. we both, I think we might have both made that prediction. I was, I was convinced that we were going to see Saints Row uh, at this E3 because it's been long enough, right? Like, the last game totally. from Volition was Agents of Mayhem, and then before that, Saints Row 4, uh, I believe, came out on the PS3 before it was released again on the PS4. Like, it's been a while since we've seen uh, a new Saints Row, and they're for sure making one because they've talked about how they're making a new one. And yeah. I'm shocked that it's not imminent. Like, I would have I would have assumed that it was coming maybe this fall, but maybe it's just, you know, a number of things, you know, uh, quarantine and, and how that affects game development, of course, factors into things. And then game development just being a hard period factors into things. And so maybe that is more of a next year game or, or, or later on. But I'm a little bit surprised at that one. But again, good on them for telling us and setting our expectations right so that we're not continually asking, where the fuck is Saints Row? Where the fuck is... is uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Where is this yeah. fucking game? Uh, and what's interesting when you go to Coke Media's website under games, right? The, the games and brands they list are Agents of Mayhem, Dead Island, Homefront the Revolution, Metro, Risen, and Saints Row. So that uh, agents of mayhem they didn't they, i mean deep, they deep or uh, yeah uh, deep silver didn't name agents of mayhem maybe we're getting more agents of mayhem obviously home front we're not one, uh, we're not getting more agents of mayhem maybe like, it's time what, what are we getting though is, is now my question from deep Silver. exactly if it's not risen those, i guess what? risen is on the menu and home front is on the menu is something that could possibly happen can you imagine them aren't... announcing a new home front i would be so confused <laughs> it's like, did people play Homefront Revolution? I don't know one person that played that game. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait and see what they do with that. And I know they have a bunch of other stuff, but that's just what they list on their thing. So maybe it'll be new IPs, but we will find out uh, at E3 in just a couple days now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, 
you can find out all sorts of stuff on patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh like getting this show ad free getting this show with the post show getting uh the next gen podcast getting the q a videos we put up uh hanging out with kind of funny best friends and having a good time plus you get the games cast plus you get a whole bunch of different stuff you'd have a great time all right it's fun enjoy yourself over there uh but for right now you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so let me tell you about our sponsors This podcast is brought to you by DoorDash. Did you forget that one thing at the store? Now you can get snacks, drinks, and household essentials in 30 minutes with DoorDash. Dinner, check. Deodorant, check. Morning pick-me-up from Dunkin', check. Get everything you need whenever you need it with DoorDash. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash to get drinks, snacks, and other household items delivered to you in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want, where you want it from, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Australia, and now Canada, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from local national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. How do I, Greg Miller, know so much about DoorDash? Well, I use DoorDash all the time. In fact, I used it this morning. Jen woke up uh, and was like, you know what? I really want a bagel. We ordered bagels here. I'm, I'm using the Dash Pass, so I don't even pay for delivery fees, but that's not even what they want me to talk about in this ad. They just want you to know that DoorDash is rad, and I can confirm, because I'm Greg Miller, and I ate bagels with it today. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code GAMES2021. For our Canadian listeners, use the code GAMESCA. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code GAMES2021 in the U.S. and GAMESCA in Canada. Don't forget, that's code GAMES2021 and GAMESCA for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, why it is Magic Spoon. Guess what? When you were growing up, you probably loved cereal. You said yum, yum, yum as you put it in your tum, tum, tum. But then you became an adult and you started looking at all the stuff that's in cereal. You started looking at all the nutritional values and you said, no, this is all sugary garbage and I won't have it. Well, don't worry about that anymore. Magic Spoon is here to save the day. You can cut down on the carbs, the sugar, the unhealthy food, all with Magic Spoon. Zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams grams of carbs in each serving. Also, only 140 characters. You can try Magic Spoon's best-selling flavors in a four-flavor variety pack, including cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. So cocoa, which is chocolate, but not chocolate. Fruity, frosted, peanut butter. Why do we know so much about these flavors? Well, it's because Gia's friend has been using Magic Spoon, and she has been enjoying it. She says it's delicious. She likes, I believe, fruity the best is what she said, and I sound like I would like that one, too because that sounds like my kind of flavor. You've heard my stories of me eating cereal dry out of a cup. I don't know. You want to put milk on your magic spoon. That's your own business. Greg Miller is going to, he's, I'm going to eat it raw when I get it. Just right into the cup, right into my mouth. Let me taste all the fruity flavors. It's keto friendly, gluten free, grain free, soy free, low carb, and GMO free. Click the link below to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code KFGD at checkout to get 5% off any order or go to magicspoon.com slash KFGD. That's right, audio listeners. I'm not going to leave you out, leave you in the lurch. You're in a car right now. 
magicspoon.com slash KFGD. Don't worry about the link below. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund, 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 refund your money, no questions asked. So click the link below and use the code KFGD for $5 off or go to magicspoon.com slash KFGD to save $5 today. Number three on the Roper Report, Injustice Mobile had to issue an apology. We go to GameSpot, where Dan Bonfins reports. Like many other game studios, NetherRealm decided to celebrate LGBTQ plus Pride Month with a special event in Injustice 2 Mobile that would run throughout all of June. The challenge to earn theme Pride Month rewards was seen as tone-deaf by some players as the game tasked its fan base with defeating Poison Ivy hundreds of thousands of times to unlock prizes. Players can also unlock Batwoman as a playable character if certain goals are met, which further ties into the Pride Month theme as the crime fighter identifies as a lesbian in the comics. Ordinarily, this wouldn't be seen as controversial as Injustice 2 regularly holds events such as this, but the fact that NetherRealm was motivating players to constantly attack a famously bisexual character from DC Comics to celebrate Pride Month was seen as problematic. The official Injustice 2 mobile account on Twitter released a statement apologizing for the event. Quote, we recognize associating our latest global challenge with pride was insensitive and inappropriate. The game's account tweeted real life violence acts against yeah, violence acts against the LGBTQIA plus community and women within the community in particular is all too common. And we should actively engage in efforts to end LGBTQIA plus violence, not normalize it. End quote. Missed it by that much, bless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the thing. This is there's a meme. I forget I forget exactly how it feels. I think it might have been a TikTok sound where they're like uh essentially like, oh, like his heart's in the right place, but like just missed the mark, right? Yeah. Uh and this is one of the one of those ones where I'm glad they they came out and uh apologized for it. Uh because like I think this can be seen as a as a fairly innocent mistake that you know I, I think if you have if you have people who are from the community that are part of making this, these decisions you're able to avoid these mistakes identify more. it yeah for sure yeah and like you know and that's i don't want to discount the the idea that maybe somebody was part of this team and was in that was helping make that decision maybe just, sure. they missed the mark on there but um that's something I, I i wanted to throw out there but yeah dude i don't know that's a, that, that's such a that's such a weird one right where it's like oh yeah we want to celebrate this thing we're just celebrate to celebrate these people we're gonna have you <laughs> attack what attack uh what was it Catwoman? uh uh we're gonna have attack her. or poison ivy sorry we're gonna have you attack poison ivy a bunch <laughs> yeah Strange you one. can you can see where you're like oh okay, okay guys it's pride month what 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 can we do? Well, what uh, who do we know that you know would be part of Pride Month? I mean, you look at DC just released their newest Pride book, right? And Poison Ivy's on the cover. Of course, po- Poison Ivy and Harley are in various relationships mm-hmm. throughout different DC lore or whatever. But in the animated series, they're romantically involved right now. And so, like, you can see, like, oh, well, Poison Ivy, oh, Batwoman, all right, great. Well, what do we do? <laughs> like, have them go beat her up. Like, ah, shit, fuck. Okay, yeah, like, it's like one of those like trying to do the addition scale of it and show how you know you have to think this mm-hmm. stuff through a bit more and talk to people obviously a bit more involved with it. Yeah. yeah. On that level, one of the things I wanted to toss out is just food for thought. Required reading that I'll read to you, all right? I thought this was an interesting take. Obviously, uh, June being Pride Month, you've seen so many different companies and corporations change their logo to a, you know the rainbow flag or something like that. And obviously, a whole bunch of people like to dunk on them for that. I liked this uh, breakdown from Jackie Collins. If you're not familiar with Jackie Collins, Jackie Collins is PR lead over at Riot. Uh, she put up this Twitter thread that I'm going to read in full. I understand shitting on corporate pride. 
I'm not going to disagree with anyone over it, but I will point out that in many, if not all cases of the corporate pride things you see happen because the LGBTQIA plus employees of a company worked on it and asked for pride to be observed. I'm not the first person to say this, but I do feel like it bears repeating. Anyway, that doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean the activations are perfect either. Just a small reminder that it's the employees that are actually members of the community creating this. Oh, and one last thing, the LGBTQIA plus that worked on it are also in most cases the ones passionate enough to look through social media to see reactions to it. The execs that you think don't care either way aren't the ones looking. Anyway, like I said, just food for thought. And then she finishes with two checkmark posts. Checkmark, corporations are not people. Checkmark, the people who work at corporations are people. I thought that was a good insight to have, obviously. So many people want to be like, this company doesn't fucking care. And it's like, but the people there do, right? And and that's the thing of like, it's good intentions. This thing with NetherRealm, right, was poorly executed, but it was good intentions. They're trying to figure out how to make their weird fighting game full of superheroes and supervillains somehow be able to celebrate the community members that do this and they fucked it up and they missed the mark as you said bless and i think it's interesting even at a larger scale to look at people who are trying to do this like it's best to try to celebrate the things rather than tear everything down all the time yeah and i think i think so much of it is a learning experience too of figuring out like what works exactly like like, exactly what you said right where it's it, you're working with injustice and so it's one of those things where it's like well how do we celebrate this thing within our fighting game and i i understand how you how you get you know how you take the steps to maybe get to where they got um but i think i think i think what matters more is how they take correction and how they uh how they accept that and how how they move forward from it and i think them uh them them apologizing and shifting is 1000 the right way to handle it and so right. i i'd say shout out to them for that 100 percent fourth and final roper report story for the week comes from joe scrabbles at ign who reports the balan wonderland creator has left square balan wonderland director and sonic the hedgehog co-creator uh yuji naka has unexpectedly left square enix following a poor reception to his latest game ign has independently verified that naka had left the company at the end of april uh after nintendo pointed out that the developer's facebook page had been updated to list an endpoint to his employment at square enix it remains unclear if naka's departure uh was his decision or square enix's upon joining square enix uh naka had opened his own internal studio balan company to make balan wonderland Naka had previously told IGN uh, that the game was his, quote, one chance to make a platformer for the publisher. When the game arrived, it was critically panned and has seemingly struggled commercially. IGN awarded the game a 4 out of 10 review, saying that it, quote, isn't always an awful platformer, but it is a consistently boring one. End quote. After arriving in March, the game never cracked the top 20 best-selling games in the U.S., according to NPD reports. And Steam DB reports that the game reached a peak number of concurrence the day after launch with just 124. 124. No, no other numbers added to that. Uh, much remains unclear after Naka's departure, including what his next move will be or what the fate of Balan Company and its other employees has been. IGN has contacted Naka and Square Enix for comment. This is such a sad, a sad story, man. Like him, him, him. That quote from him uh, saying that this was his one chance to make a platformer for the publisher, I think, very much points to he was probably let go or encouraged to step down based on the performance of the game. And you know, we're we're not going to see another game from Balan Company uh, uh, <laughs> for, for sure after this, right? It's not just going to be him. I think that that entire development studio is probably uh, 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 done uh, making games. But yeah, dude, like. I want to know the story. I want to know what went wrong with Balan Wonderworld because sure. 
I feel like the the ingredients are there, right? Like you have a good publisher, you have um, uh, a uh, lead lead developer that has experience doing this, and you have a team that is making something that it seems like they're passionate in. Balan Wonderworld doesn't strike me as the kind of game that you that you make for money purposes or in order to 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 try and like I don't know enter a certain market. Like the plat the three D platformer market in this way isn't one that I think is one that you tackled purely out of profits like it seems like this is a game that they really wanted to make it's supposed to be a uh, passion based... one right <laughs> yeah it was a passion project and you can tell based on the way they talked about it based on how the game harkened back to a lot of their his previous projects it had a lot of sonic energy to it it had a lot of um nights into dreams energy to it and the fact that it came out and it was as bad as it was Given the inspirations, not as surprising, but just still, I think in general, given the context of them making this game out of passion, I think it's still such a crazy thing and such a sad thing that this is the way it's ending. But yeah, man, I 124 saw... peak concurrent players is not good. <laughs> I saw, I, I'm trying to find it and it's always so hard, right? It's something that just passes you by uh, in the morning. I saw somebody uh, in our circles or whatever that it got retweeted or was a... a, 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 a native tweet here right uh from somebody in the video game industry or our peers uh tweeting out about this and quote tweeting it and being like i know balan wonderland like was designed for kids but in that so like it's, it's it makes sense that people are like you know adults tore it apart but it, the, it was like but i also can't i also cannot fathom a child playing this completely boring you know no. bland game and having a good time yeah like mario exists like yeah. uh, <laughs> sonic exists um uh, uh i keep wanting to say that astrobot <laughs> exists like there are way more crash bandicoot like there there are there are plenty of games that are designed for kids that are good games like even look at knack like knack isn't the best game but it's at least a way better game than balan wonderworld like there are so many options for 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 kids games like this is just from a pure design perspective it being this one button game where you're where uh, while we we're playing the demo right like we shout out all the things that are wrong with it. it it being a one button game it it being very nonsensical in so many of the the story aspects it just having bad game design it not running well whatsoever yeah like it goes way past it being a, a kids game and just being a bad game period uh i can't wait to see the next game that'll be great for kids but that can be so far away blessing if i want to know what came to modern mom and grop shops today where would i go you would go th to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every week there yeah damn kev Fuck. wow just, wow. just quitting just left you hanging it sucks dude uh out today Alpha Dia, Genesis 2, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, uh, Xbox S, of course, PC. Off and on again, Xbox One. The Persistence, PS5, Xbox Series X and S. Griftlands on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Sniper, Ghost Warrior, Contracts 2, Xbox All Around, PS4, and PC. DC Superhero Girls Team Power on Switch. The Last Kids on Earth and the Staff of Doom, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Astro Aqua Kitty on Xbox One. Garbage on PC and Mac. Skinwalker Hunt on PC. Nature Matters on Switch. Basketball Pinball on Switch. Tiny Lands on Switch. Arcade Arts Academy on Switch. Uh, Sweet Bakery Tycoon on Switch. Donuts and Justice on Switch. Skellboy, yeah, Refractured on Switch. And Shell Shockers Hatches on iOS. Hot oh, damn it. I let the buzzword from the headline of the email get in there. <laughs> Shell hawker. <laughs> Shell shocker. Where, where are you at with the DC superhero girls team power? Is that one that you think you're going to check if out? That on? was on PlayStation. I'd be out for the platinum. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'd be looking for it, but I ain't got time for that on switch. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, new gate, new dates for you. I should say, sorry. Uh, Playdate is getting a video showcase on June yeah. 8th at 9 a.m. 
no, Kevin, don't even try. All right. Like what do you what were you cooking? What were you cooking? Or what were you Cecil? What's happened with Cecil? What's going on? There was a minor emergency. I had to run outside like two blocks away. Cecil killed a bird. So Did he escape and kill a bird? No. He was walking with Cecil and or with Paula and he killed a okay. bird and she like couldn't get out of his Need mouth. Help. Yeah. Gotcha. Understand. Is he okay? Uh, Is Cecil okay? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. Uh, Cecil's yeah. had a rough 24 hours. He got some yeah. vaccine. He's yeah. allergic to it. Face blew up this big. I saw it on Instagram. Nice killing birds. You hate to see it. I, a good dog gone bad. I want to pop in here of like Kevin comes into the story about like Cecil killed a bird and blessing ass. Is Cecil okay? <laughs> like, I mean, the, I, I'm not going to ask if the bird's okay. The bird's dead. <laughs> the bird's gone. There's no saving that bird. At this point, we just got to check like, you know, did, the, did the bird attack back? Is, is yeah, Cecil go for the eyes. eyes. Mm, mm. You know? Okay, that's a fair. But like, because like, there's no saving that. You bird. need to ask that specifically then, because Cecil's <laughs> like a pretty big dog. Like, fuck it up, this bird, and you're like, oh man, it's Cecil. Okay? Could be a crow. Could be a raven. It could have been could a be big vulture. ass bird. Like, I want to know how he got this bird. Paul and him are just walking. He just jumps in the air and snatches it out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think he like jumped at a bush or something. Mm. Damn, he got yeah. the skills it's to pay the dog. Yeah. Uh, Indie Expo Live 2021 is happening on June 5th at 2 a.m. Pacific time. All right. Uh, Sniper Elite PSVR uh, gets a release date for July 8th. And then No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2 Desperate Struggle are coming out on June 9th on the PC. Uh, blessing, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Dark Knight 6678, is Paula okay? <laughs> Cinematic <laughs> Gaming Media, is the turtle okay? Uh, youngster Joey responded back in and said, uh, he had it. He did have a, a PS4 save, but you don't get the platform to save transfer. I did the whole thing again. They fixed the two glitch trophies though, so it's attainable, but not an auto pop, which sucks because a whole bunch of my stuff auto pop, but not all of it auto pop. And so even if I go in there with my save, where I have to go to all the different spots, if I go to the different spots, you know, I'll check it out myself. Don't worry about it. That's the only thing. So not even a you're wrong. Just stuff's going on. Uh, King so Robola yeah. is Kevin's sexy brother. Okay. So just so we're clear, <laughs> Paul is very not okay. She is. Like a hardcore vegetarian since she was 11. Like, this yeah. was Do you think this her. will be the thing that pushes her over the edge to start eating meat again? A hundred percent not. <laughs> She's like, actually, that wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I could go for some uh, steak tartare right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is the final kind of funny games daily, of course, of the week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with each and every weekday of content for you. The show hosts look like this Monday, it'll be me and Blessing. Tuesday, it'll be Blessing and Gary. Wednesday, Blessing and Tim. Thursday, It'll be me and Andy, me from L.A., and then Friday, Blessing and me again, me from L.A., as we get ready for that there E3. Very exciting. Um, if you're watching live on Twitch right now, it's one of them big streaming days where Mike is in there. He's with Raj. I don't know what they're doing. They actually talked about it a bit earlier. Doing something. They're building Legos. I mean, it's I know me. They're building Legos. Oh, yeah. it's Lego Day with Kevin. That's right. Yay. And then I think they were going to maybe play some multiplayer stuff afterwards. That's exciting. Kevin, what are you building? For, there was some type. Uh, I am building the Attack on Burrow Harry Potter Lego set. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like is that. Is it for like cool, Greg? It is. So send it to cool, Greg. 
Nice. Uh, of course, if you want to see that stream after the fact, you can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Catch all of our archived streams there. If you want to see our post show, we're going to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Record it. You, of course, can get it there along with the show ad-free, along with the Q&As, along with the Next Gen Podcast, and so much more. No matter what, I hope you have a really great weekend.